Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Rachel Grunn. And she is a co-founder of Good Good Investing and is a nationally recognized real estate investment expert on a mission to educate business professionals to multiply their money and unlock their financial legacy. She's amassed a real estate portfolio totaling over $130 million in assets under management. She's a speaker and podcast guest and has been published in Authority Magazine, Yahoo Finance, and amongst other news outlets and is a recurring guest on national TV, including America Trends. So Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. And welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am so looking forward to chatting with you. So Rachel, can you start off by sharing a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah. So I live in Dallas, Texas, and that is also where I was born. I have not been here totally for the past 30 years. I had a 10-year hiatus where I traveled a little bit around the world, but I came back three years ago. I come from a real estate family. So I was homeschooled in my younger years and my parents were full-time real estate investors and they were just doing the fix and flip type rental stuff, very small scale residential investing. But I had a lot of exposure to it from a young age. And because I was homeschooled up until high school, um, growing up, we would go to the flips together as a family. I was putting up backsplash. I was scraping tile. I was doing really like learning how to be a real estate investor, like boots on the ground type stuff. So so, and then I started, this is fast forwarding, but I started a high fashion modeling career that took me all across the world for 10 years. And so from the age of like 19 and 20, I had disposable income and a lot of kids my age didn't. And so my family was really good about coaching me, invest that in real estate, blah, blah, blah. You'll have an amazing portfolio. You'll be so happy that you did. So I did. I wasn't blowing money like a lot of my peers. I was investing it. And that is now what I do full time with my husband in Dallas. That's incredible because not a lot of people come from that real estate investing background and getting that hands-on experience at such a young age. Yeah, I'm so grateful for it. Honestly, it's like it wasn't very sexy growing up. Like a lot of my friends would be doing crazy kid stuff and I was doing a lot of adult stuff. But looking back, I'm very glad that I did have that exposure and experience because I think it informed our success and the rest of my life. A lot of times too, you'll hear sometimes when people are doing like working on the family business, right? The kids themselves tend to shy away from it. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to figure out my own path and my own way, right? But what led you to continuing on real estate investing and seeing what they were able to do and bringing that into your own life and what you're wanting to accomplish within real estate? I think that my parents were really encouraging me to invest with my disposable income And after COVID happened and my work dried up, I was a model and an actor living in Southern California. 
And my work just absolutely dried up overnight. And so that's when I really realized, oh, this is really important that I have a second stream of income, that I have money that's being generated outside of my nine to five, because that you just can't rely on it. There's crazy things that happen. No one could have predicted what happened three years ago. And I was so grateful that I had those investments. And then when my husband and I, we decided to move to Dallas right around the beginning of the pandemic because we wanted to start a family. I wanted to be close to my family. And then we had no work. So we came back to Dallas and that's when we dove into real estate full time. And so for the past three years, it's just been like nose to the grindstone and really the largest chunk of our portfolio we've built just since we've been back in Texas. So you've been surrounded basically your entire life with real estate investors, successful people in the space and industry. Through that experience, there are three secrets that you've learned as well about what the 1% know about real estate investing. Can you share that with us, please? Yeah, definitely. And I'll just preface it by saying me and my business partner started Good Investing. And our whole goal at Good Good is to make commercial real estate investing accessible and not intimidating. And I think there's a lot of people think like large commercial real estate investments are only reserved for the super uber wealthy, for like the Warren Buffetts of the world. And that's just not the case. Like it's anyone can invest. And so that being said, my goal is to tell people what the uber wealthy are doing and how they can do it too. Which brings us to the three secrets that the 1% know about real estate that you should do. So the secret number one is the power of using other people's money. This is all about leverage. So we use this in a lot of our investments, whether we are using money from a private money lender or a traditional lender on like a large multifamily building, right? Because we are leveraging their money in order to purchase the property. Or we're leveraging strategically other people's money to qualify for these gigantic loans, right? And so if you are able to have build strategic partnerships in the syndication model of real estate is beautiful for this because you can leverage other people's money to buy into a huge $25 million asset that you could never buy on your own. And then the second secret is the power of passive income. Listen, billionaires know all about this. This is their entire portfolio is passive. I positive there's not one billionaire out there that's actively managing a real estate portfolio. I promise you. So being passive just completely frees up your life. Everyone only has 24 hours in a day. If you're able to leverage someone else's time and someone else's money, then your opportunity to scale is absolutely limitless. And this is stuff anyone can do. And then the third secret is the importance of strategic tax planning. Billionaires don't pay taxes. And that's because they are strategically investing in assets that provide them depreciation. And these three things, the power of using other people's money, the power of passive income, and then the importance of strategic tax planning... I found that the perfect intersection of those three things is syndication. And I'm sure you could agree. It's a fantastic business model that allows people to scale their real estate portfolios overnight, build passive wealth, and then also leverage the tax benefits where they can actually write off their passive income. Is there a specific asset class or asset classes that you particularly like to focus on using these three secrets? Yes. For the longest time, it was multifamily. That was my portfolio for like eight years. And recently, I've become addicted to triple net leases. 
So what is a triple net lease? A triple net lease is essentially, there's three parts to a triple net lease. That's where the triple comes from. The tenant pays all of the expenses with the property. They pay the property taxes. That's net number one. They pay all of the property maintenance. That's net number two. And then they also pay all of the property insurance. That's net number three. So if you own a building and you have a triple net lease in place with a tenant, you have zero expenses on that building that you own. They are literally paying all of your expenses. And then if you get a company in there that's say like a Starbucks or like an AutoZone or like a Dollar General, those leases are corporately backed. So it's like investing in a blue chip stock. I mean, if they can't pay their rent that month, corporate comes in and pays their rent. So I like Prince Cash. It's super consistent monthly cash flow. None of my multifamily investments are paying out monthly right now because of interest rates but triple net leases still are. So it's a kind of a really, really cool asset where you can leverage all three of those strategies. Are there specific markets that you like to focus on, particularly with the triple net leases? Yeah. So that's the other really cool thing about triple net. In multifamily investing, you really only want to invest in Southern, Southeastern states because you have to invest in states where it's landlord friendly. You cannot like investing in California and New York just doesn't make sense with multifamily because of the eviction laws. Triple net doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter where you invest. So you can invest in Los Angeles. You can invest in New York City. I love the Dallas market. We're working on a triple net deal right now in South Lake, Texas, which is a super affluent neighborhood or city in Dallas. And it just makes your options absolutely limitless. So that's what's also super exciting about the triple net business structure. When you're looking for triple net lease opportunities, what makes that property or that particular area profitable or successful in your eyes? So it's all about visibility with triple net because they're businesses. And so you really want a place that has at least 50,000 vehicles per day passing by. And there are cities that do these kinds of studies on their main intersections, their main thoroughfares, and you can find that data. You know, how many vehicles per day on average during the week pass by this location? 50,000 is my minimum, but other people have different levels of comfort. And then also, you really want to focus on the business that you are leasing to. So if you are not buying an existing business, you're buying a building and you're going to open it up for a lease opportunity, you want to make sure that it's a corporation that has plenty of outlets nationwide. You don't want like a mom and pop shop because that's not as steady. So I'm looking at places that have at least 300, 400 locations nationwide. And then also, I don't really like to lease to franchise owners. I prefer corporately owned locations, but that's just a personal preference as well because it's going to be run up to standard. It's not just a franchisee coming in and just licensing the name of the business and running it how they want to. So those are just some things that I consider before looking into a triple net lease. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. 
to schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And how for you, how have you been able to find these different deals and working together with the different sellers? Yeah, good question. So a lot of it's through partnerships. So when you get into the syndication world, it starts off as word of mouth because there's a lot of security and exchange commission overlays where we're not allowed to advertise deals. They do this to protect investors and I get it, but it makes it hard for investors to find out about people that are offering deals and what's coming up in the deal world or whatever. So, but once you're in, you're in, and then you meet other sponsors, you meet other people doing fun things. So I fell into triple net through a joint venture with another syndicator. And so we partnered together, me and Andrea, my business partner at Good Good, and then this other syndicator partnered together on these triple net leases. She and her husband have 25 plus years of experience in triple net. So again, it's leveraging other people's experience in order to build your own portfolio. That's exactly what we're doing as well. So when you talk about passive investing, are you talking about passive investing within triple net leases as an operator and it's more of a passive kind of opportunity or as a passive investor where you're a capital partner? Good question. So I'm a general partner in these triple net lease deals right now. However, I will say when you are a general partner in a multifamily deal, it is work. Like It is a ton of work. It's really no work in triple net. So I feel like triple net is very specific because it's very interesting. Because even if you are a quote unquote operator or a quote unquote general partner and you're meant to be like managing the asset, there's nothing to do. We're not running the business, we're leasing it to a business and they're taking care of all the expenses. So we just kind of sit back and get cash flow. Of course, we're doing a lot of work up front negotiating contracts, but once we close and the business is operating, We just sit back and collect checks just like our passive investors do. So we are syndicating these to passive investors as well, but we are really only going to make decisions up to closing day. And then we'll kind of reevaluate as we go through as to when an exit would make sense. But it's not the same kind of work that a multifamily deal is. And typically, how long do these leases last? So we usually sign 20-year leases, but that doesn't mean we hold the property for 20 years. So we'll sign a 20-year lease with rent bumps every five years, 10% rent bumps. And usually it makes sense to sell after the first rent bump because we are increasing the net operating income, which increases the value of the property. And then it usually makes sense to sell. We would like totally go over the financials around that around year five, year six to see if it made sense to sell. But that's definitely the goal. And then we can sell to another operator that holds it for another five years. But that 20-year lease will stay in place even if we were to sell the property. Can you walk us through a little bit after you close on the property? You mentioned there's not a lot of maintenance or a lot of operations that's involved with the triple net leases. So what happens in the first 30, 60, 90 days? after taking over the property? So after closing on the property, and again, there's probably a lot of work that goes into it up to the closing day. If you're using a lender, we've been buying our properties cash. So we haven't had to deal with a lender gratefully, but there's a lot more work that goes into it if you're dealing with a lender. But yeah, so once we close on the property, a lot of it is just setting up the tenant, making sure that everything's running smoothly, that they have everything that they need in the space. I mean, really with these huge corporations, they just do this so much. They open up locations all the time. And so So they're just like plug and play. They already know exactly what they need to do to buy. Like we just sit back and we're like, hey, here if you need help. But really, we never hear from our tenants ever, 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 ever. And 
I haven't been in triple net as long as our co-sponsor that's doing this deal with us. But she said in her 20 plus years of triple net, she's never had one business be one day late on rent. Not one, not ever. And that's just unheard of in the multifamily space. So, I mean, truthfully, the first 30 to 60 days after acquisition is easy peasy. We're all just kind of taking a breather after raising the capital from investors and making sure the deal gets to the finish line. We can all just sit back, take a breath of relief, and we get our first check within 30 days. I mean, it is like immediate, just like that. And so for the passive investors themselves, what does the typical structure look like when you're investing in a triple net lease opportunity? So I can speak to this one specifically. And this one that we're doing is a 506C. So I'm allowed to speak about it publicly. So we're buying a building in South Lake, Texas, and we're leasing it to an early education center. It's called the Learning Experience. They've been in business for 43 years. They have over 400 locations nationwide. And the South Lake location that's opening this month is going to be their new trophy location, which is really exciting. So in this deal specifically, it's a 90-10 split, which is pretty cool for passive investors. That means passive investors get 90% of the profit. The general partners are only getting 10%. So that'll be all of the cash flow plus whatever the appreciation is on the sale. So 90% of it is split with our limited partners. And that is monthly. And we have zero expenses, like I said. So all of the rent pretty much is getting sent divvied up between the investors and sent out monthly. So for this deal on like $120,000 investment, you're looking at around $600 a month up until the first rent bump, and then it increases. And then you're looking at an overall projected annualized return of around 18%, including appreciation whenever we sell. And then we do also get depreciation on this asset as well. So you can claim that. So Rachel, what's next for you and what's your next focus? Yeah, that's the big question. I would love to get into medical offices at some point. I have a friend in this space and he was asking another like veteran syndicator. He was like, what do people do after multifamily? And he said, triple net and medical offices. So I'm really interested in exploring the medical space. But again, it's like, that's not a space that I have a lot of experience in. Be all about finding the right partner that I trust, that I know my investors could trust and then learning from them. But yeah, that could be an amazing thing in the future. And then I don't know, we'll see where the future takes us. I mean, I'm really excited. I'd love to maybe do venture capital, which is really crazy and something I've had no exposure to either, but could be really fun. So yeah, the opportunities are limitless. Eventually, of course, my husband and I want to be full-time passive. That's the goal. So hopefully in the next five to seven years, we can achieve that as well. So in terms of deal flow on the triple net leases side of things versus like multifamily, are you still seeing the same type of opportunities come around and deal flow versus right now multifamily deal flow and opportunities have been significantly reduced over the past year, two years. So what about in the triple net leases space? Is that the same case? No, triple net leases have been outperforming multifamily right now in this economy. And I've seen plenty of deal flow. My husband and I are passively invested in a triple net fund through another syndicator. We're not general partners in that deal. We're strictly passive. And he's buying like 20 or 40 triple net leases in this fund. And it's just like nonstop. It's like gangbusters. So yeah, triple net has really been sheltered. I do call it like the blue chip stock of the investing world because you can never use the word guarantee. It's very consistent income. And it's corporately back. The leases are so sound. You have very little to no variable expenses, no property management company. You're not having to run a business. It's like almost too good to be true. 
So how has real estate investing impacted your life, Rachel? Oh my gosh. I like it's created a future where it'd be possible for my husband and I to retire at 40. And that's insane. Like that's amazing. And maybe even earlier, 40 is our goal, but it could be even earlier. And I would have never had that opportunity if it wasn't for my parents. My parents were the one that exposed me to real estate at a young age. They got involved in commercial syndication 10 years ago and brought me into that as well. And the partnerships I've formed and the people I've met in the past 10 years have completely changed my life. Like this is the American dream, right? It's to build something yourself that you can then give to your children and your children's children. Like this is how generational wealth is created. I truly believe it's through real estate, it's through syndication, it's through these models. And you see billionaires using this type of real estate investing all day long because of that exact reason. So for me, it's changed my life. My goal is to just spread the good news and tell everyone I can about it to change their lives as well. And education is free. It's empowering. And I truly believe that if we can just stop gatekeeping and start sharing with people how they can get involved, it'll change the next generation of investing, hands down, no doubt. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? That I don't have to be a millionaire to start. Yeah. And I don't need like $100,000 to start either. And I believe that because you see these people flipping houses and you need a ton of money to flip a house. But in syndication, you can get into a syndication with five grand. You really can. And I know a lot of people have minimums that are like 50, 75, 100K. But there's this website called TribeVest, T-R-I-B-E-V-E-S-T, which you might know about. And it literally makes it possible for people to pool money together and reach those minimums with just like five grand. So that's all I want to do is like tell people what I didn't know. And I still started at 20. I started so young. Like I don't really have that many regrets because I did start so young. Like if you're listening and like you're like, that's a barrier of entry for me, that's a limiting belief because it's not. You can start with anything. Even if you feel like it's super small, if you're going to make more money with that than you would just having it sit in the bank, right? So that would be my biggest takeaway. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Just doing it, not overthinking, not thinking, what if, what if there's a better deal out there? What if something else comes, but just doing it, like just do it, just invest. You'll make mistakes. You'll learn a lot, but you'll definitely make more money than just sitting on the sidelines, trying to educate yourself for three years and never making a move. So I think that's really what sets successful people apart from the rest is the ability to just do it. So Rachel, where can our listeners find out more about you? Right. So you can check us out on goodgoodinvesting.com. We also have a podcast called Good Good Investing on usual platforms. Good Good is one word. Yeah. And we have some freebies on our site for investors. And all of our education is, of course, free. And we are so happy to talk to anyone that wants more information. You can find us at goodgoodinvesting at gmail.com as well. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for all of your time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. 
Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonifestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.